This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey listeners, welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. My name is John Tuck, and I am sitting in for Pastor Tim, if you don't know that already. He is on vacation. And Michael, where where is he at today? Yep. So many of you, uh, you may not know this about Tim, but he is uh, an adventure addict. He uh, has a discipleship opportunity for people where he takes them on these crazy adventures. So he actually flew into, it's the border of, uh, pa- I believe he flew into Pakistan. Pakistan, I think that's how you're supposed to say it. Yes. But K2 is one of the largest mountains in the world. And uh, Tim has a very, very special discipleship relationship with a Sherpa. Um, usually the Sherpas, they help people. Sorry. You'd think we were making this up and You'd we're think, not. but we're not. So the, the Sherpas typically are in the Himalayas and they, they help people climb Mount Everest. But Mount Everest has had some problems lately, some challenges with climbing over the past couple of years. We told Tim we didn't want him to die. He prefers to live. So he took um, one of the Sherpas that he brought to Christ with him and they're climbing K2 together. Together. And uh, it's it, he'll be there. He, they're supposed to mount it today, so I think that's that's amazing. K two is on the border of China and Pakistan, so it's it's uh, yeah. So uh, we're praying for Tim today. Excited about excited about him to come back. What's great is that when he climbs a mountain, he gets burned like windburn and sunburn all over his face, except for where his goggles were. It's he looks super awesome. It's or not, but it's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as we get to our uh, podcast today, now our listeners have an update on Pastor Tim, and uh, I I can't remember the Sherpa's name, but. I'll find it out. Um, anyways, so uh, three asks of our listeners. Number one, John, what would that be? Please make sure you submit a question at vcob.org. And uh, you can also submit questions on the app as well. And then number two would be share this podcast. Um, give it away, give it away, give it away now in the words of? Red Hot Chili Peppers. Good job, man. I didn't even prep you for that. And then number number three would be rate and review. And uh, we would appreciate that. So our question for the day, John Tuck is How should I feel about entitled millennials? <sighs> <laughs> okay. Um there okay, so <laughs> this is hard. All right. This is hard. By some measures, you and I are millennials. We're both born in nineteen eighty. For some people, we're not millennials, and that's 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 fine. I, technically don't care. It might go better for us if we're not. Yeah. Um, but we do, you and I, uh, are men who are living amongst a generation of entitlement. Entitlement basically means the following. I deserve this because I exist. <laughs> uh, entitlement is not biblical. It's not God glorifying, God honoring. Um, and, and really this question, uh, is an overflow of a sermon I gave at the time of this recording. I believe it was two Sundays ago. And uh, the, the sermon was on work and that God has created humankind to work because he works. And that the most, and I want, I want our listeners to hear me on this, the most fundamental human responsibility is to work. And we work to provide for our family, 
for our church and for the good of society. Um, and this is the kind of work that brings God glory. We work hard um, and we work in such a way that is able to provide income, right? So the Apostle Paul says in First Timothy, he who does not work does not, John? Eat. Yeah. So Paul's whole thing is um, it's rumored that there are some among you who are walking in idleness. And I think I actually got the text wrong. I think it's First Thessalonians. But um, right. But the point of it is he is hearing that there are people who are, quote, idle, and he says they're, quote, not busy at work, but busy bodies, meaning there's a lot of motion, but there's no income. There's a lot of motion, but there's not actual productive work. Um, it's, I don't know that it's fair to say that it's God-glorifying work if it's not providing income when that income is needed. And um, so here's what we have. We have a generation of millennials, roughly, so listeners don't like get upset about this, but roughly born between 1980 and 2000. As time goes, that generation and that timeline is going to get clarified as we get more um, perspective and we can look back on that. But generally, it's people who are born in that in that time frame. So my friend and I, um, we were really actually considering writing a book called We Are Millennial Pastors. And it was a, a, supposed to be a book written by millennial pastors for millennial pastors about some of the unique challenges about pastoring amongst our, our generation. And um, so we broke up, and this is hyperbole, but it, it actually translates to make sense, millennials into two basic categories, hard workers and lazy pieces of crap. <laughs> Not kidding. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, we were like, we're looking around at our peers and those who are a little bit younger than us. And we're like, you literally have never made a dollar in your life. And every moment you're alive, you're living off of someone else's money when you are of the age when you should be, should be providing for yourself or your family or something of that sort. Now, obviously, that's too generic, right? There's a lot of middle ground there, but th this is the millennials have proven to be the largest generation in American history, 78 million strong, second only to boomers who no offense boomers, but as you get older, um, as many of your generation have started to pass away. Not only are the millennials larger in size, but with every single day, they get bigger um, as the boomer generation gets smaller. Um, as the boomer generation um, retires, the workforce is being handed over to this millennial generation. And let's just put it this way. Boomers and millennials do not have the same values, nor do they think the same way, which is not all bad. Okay. There's a lot of great good in some of the cultural, we'll just say trends and trajectories of, of, um, the millennial generation. And I think there's like, I don't know, one third as many Gen X and wires. So sorry for you guys who are there, but, um, so millennials are taking over and you got to deal with them. But the hard part is they have, uh, there's a crew, a significant portion to the point where it's become a joke um, who aren't working and who are postponing adolescence, who are postponing marriage, they're postponing responsibility, um, postponing childbearing on purpose. Now, there are those who are going to be single as they get older and they don't want to be and they're not trying to do that. But there is an intentional postponement among many people of what we just say are natural um aspects of growing up, like getting a job and earning a living wage, you know, and uh, many a boomer parent are wrestling this battle with their uh, millennial sons and daughters. And um, so we had a funny story. And, and, and again, this is this is more funny. And it was a buddy of mine. He, he's a boomer. And he said, what's up with these millennials? And uh, I looked at him and I said, you're what's up. We marinated and percolated and we were raised in your home. 
it's your fault. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm like, y'all raised us, you know, like if we're lazy, it's because you've enabled us, you know? And he was like, that's not fair. Well, kind of is fair. Anyways, but uh, I do think that there are generational patterns that millennials have been raised in that have really enabled this kind of stuff. And so uh, I'm going to jack up this quote, but it, it goes something like this, that um, what one generation has taught the next generation assumes, the next generation forgets. So we have the greatest generation who are considered the hardest workers. They gave birth to the baby boomers. They taught that to the baby boomers and modeled it. The baby boomers assumed, generationally speaking, that the millennials that they were raising were going to basically see it and repeat it, but they didn't. They forgot it. They didn't pay attention to it. And and then when you add to that a culture of enablement, um, that is one of the reasons why many millennials um, are not working or providing income or being good for society yet, which we hope they will. Um, and uh, and as, even as we record this podcast, uh, millennials are getting older and they're working harder and that hopefully um, – we'll say stereotype is going to change and is changing. And I would say there are far more millennials now that are working hard, making an income, doing good in the world, changing the world for good. Um, and so anyways, um, so yeah, big picture here. We have to raise a generation of kids who know how to work hard. Um, postponing responsibility in young boys and young girls does not do them any good. It makes them entitled. So here's an interesting thought. How do you view allowance? Allowance basically facilitates entitlement. I exist, therefore I get money. And here's what we then we do. We say, I do chores, therefore I get money. Now I have issues with this. I'm just I'm gonna rant here for a moment because I, I don't I don't get paid for doing the dishes. I don't get paid for chores. Chores are my responsibility because I exist. Um, I work or I get paid or I would pay my kids to do above and beyond what their chores are. And so when you raise kids in a world and you say, you're just my son, I have money, therefore you have money, um, you exist, therefore you get stuff for free, that's going to that's gonna create an ethos inside of young kids that goes with them as they grow up. Then when they can drive and you don't expect them to actually get a job or to do things because they're too busy doing their own things or their own hobbies, you're basically facilitating in an entire generation um, I can go play and somebody else will give me money because I exist. I deserve this. Now, is it intentional? No. Is it malicious? No. But if we're going to raise a generation of people who understand that my duty as a human is to participate in my family and that above and beyond that, I need to work for the benefit of my family, the church and society, then maybe we think about allowance a little bit differently. Maybe we say to our kids, um, no, you're going to do your chores because you, you are in this home. You're going to clean your room and I'm not going to pay you to clean your room. I'm not going to give you money because you exist. But above and beyond your chores, here are measurable things where you can go work and do some stuff in the yard or outside or do different things or go work for different people. Um, I've heard of parents, which I love. I love this. They will call their neighbor and say, can I give you 50 bucks to hire my kid to do work? And basically it's like an allowance coming from the parents, but the kids are having to go do something for someone else where they have the perception of a boss. Um, that to me is a really cool way of getting people out of this entitlement mentality. So big picture, what do I do with entitled millennials? Number one, I would say if you're experiencing an entitled millennial, more times than not, until the people enabling them prevent them from continuing to do it, there's nothing you can do. You can pray, you can encourage. If they're a Christian, 
you can open up the Bible, particularly 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 to 15. A couple highlights is, we said this earlier, um, that if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness. He's talking about work. They're supposed to be working. And he says, uh, not busy at work, but busy bodies. And then he says this to anybody interacting with these kind of people that are followers of Christ. I want to be clear. If they're followers of Christ and they are capable of working and they need to work and they won't work because they want to play and do hobbies when they are an adult, meaning like they're not in college or they're 18 or 19 or 20 and out of high school. Here's what he says. Um, If anyone does not obey what we say, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed. Isn't that crazy? That for Paul, when he finds people who are needed and capable of working and won't do it, they don't eat. And if they're a follower of Jesus, here's what he says. Stay away from him. And then he goes on. He says, do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. And so there are things like working hard to provide income for the good of your family and your church and society that for Paul, if you don't do that, need to be confronted because you are not doing what God has made you to do, which is to work like he works, to work hard, to be productive. And this is the kind of work that brings God a lot of glory. I think there's a discipleship opportunity with entitled millennials that hardworking millennials um, need to step into and say, especially the older ones, John, like you and me, are as old as a millennial could ever possibly be, born in 1980. And for us to come alongside younger millennials and say, this is not the way God has wired you. And I understand it's fun and it's easy, but hear me, you are literally living off of somebody else's hard work and taking advantage of them. Even if they say it's okay, it's still not becoming of a man or a woman to live lazily off of someone else's hard work. If you have the capacity and the need to work and you don't do it, um, I think Paul would say that is, that is sin. So, you know, um, we talk about, cause you know, you have your first child. How old now is Ireland? She's one year old. She's one year old. I've got three, seven, five, and three. And I just got to tell you, I'm not going to pay my kids for duty. Um, particularly if it's poop and, um, get it, get it. Um, <laughs> duty. but I want to create and manufacture environments where they have bosses, responsibility, and income because they're doing above and beyond. And I want to start doing this at a young age so that they understand what it means to actually work for something. That to me is just a really high value. And uh, I see amongst hardworking millennials who are having kids a different desire to raise hardworking kids. I, I really actually think that as we get older as a generation, we're going to find that we pendulum swing in the way that we raise our kids. Um, And we're going to have our own issues. And then, you know, what's going to happen in 20 years. Some punk pastor is going to be doing a Q and a podcast and he's going to be those millennials. Um, They're so this and they're so that. And as a generation, we're going to need to repent to the upcoming generations of our generational flaws. Right. You know? And so we're not perfect. No generation is perfect. I want to be clear on that. Um, But when it comes to work, I do believe this is a flaw um, amongst, we'll say, older Gen X, Y and boomers and how stereotypically they have enabled a generation of millennials. My plea to them is be strong, be courageous, stop enabling, 
help them become fully human by helping them work hard for an income for the good of their family, their church, and society. That would be my big, what do we do with millennials? And I hope that helps. And if you're a millennial and you're a lazy bum, stop it. Jesus wants something more for you. And uh, we want to see you walk in that. And if you're a hardworking millennial, mentor and disciple another millennial. Yes, help them. Listeners, join us tomorrow when we will answer the question, what if my child won't work? Mm